Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN, Season 5, Episode 13 of the Brain Drake's Hockey Podcast, presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. We're introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. Signature CC Classic, 12-year-old whiskey, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Cask. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian club, with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry, you okay, Ray Ferraro? You got a lot of stuff going on. I'm hearing rattling in my ears, and I'm trying to... Yeah, you know, I do. Sorry to our great sponsors, Canadian Club. Like, I I don't know if you've ever pulled on a hoodie, and it just doesn't feel right. Like, I had to check to see if it was inside out. I wasn't sure about that, because that's a possibility. Um, Done that. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think I'm... I, I think I'm ready to go. Yeah, sure. Well, it's also 6.02 a.m. Pacific time as we record episode 13, yeah. which for you is on your timeline. Like, I, it doesn't matter to me. We can get going at 8 Eastern. That's, that's fine. I've been up for an hour and a half. But you got right. stuff. You got the boys who are busy this morning, and Dad Ferrero right. is on the case. I'm on the drive. I'm on the drive this morning. So uh, while I'm home, the the... I'd say the 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 responsibilities don't get split fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I'm gone, of course, they don't get split anything other than a hundred to Cami and zero <laughs> to me. So I'm trying to you know trying to stay in the game here. And so, but in fairness, you love it. I know you do. Yeah. Um, deeply. I hope every per- you know what Drake's. I you must think of this back, and I hope yeah the people that got kids like. The drive to the rink, or for us, you know, it's for the field because our boys are soccer guys. But it's just like the drive is like the there's nowhere for either of us to focus, yeah. Other than the drive and to talk and to catch up, it's the uh, I'm I'm I miss it when when Landon and Matt moved out, my older guys, you know, from that stage. I missed it, and I'm yeah. I'm gonna miss it now. I I love it. I think uh, it's awesome. Okay, so your experience, you know, given the path that you took to get to the NHL, the years that you played, I mean, most ex-NHLers are better sports parents because you realize how difficult it was to get to that highest level. And you realize that it's unlikely they're going to, it's possible, you're going to give them every opportunity, whatever the sport is. I have two examples, which I'll share, that I'm, I'm, I'm still embarrassed by. And this was with Mason Drager in the car. One was, I ripped him a new one over a play he made or whatever, which was ridiculous. Like the game is over. They probably won the game. It was so stupid on my part, right? So anyway, I learned from that. And then the second one was, he was in a bit of a scoring slump. Um, he was a good goal scorer. He wasn't prolific, but good, you know, in minor hockey. And I said, hey, you know, Bauer's got this new stick out. And it was like 360 bucks at the time. <laughs> like, next yeah. game you get a couple of goals. And uh, and he he instantly just turned. He goes, Dad, you're, you're going to bribe me to score? How is that helping? Like, That's not helping. And I was so embarrassed <laughs> because he absolutely called me right out on it, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. So, Well, I got, I got one drags. It, it, uh, well, I've probably got many, but this one was Riley was about 10, yeah, maybe 11, and he's playing soccer. And, you know, like I, I think I understand soccer, but I don't know it, right? Yeah. And so they're, they're winning this game. It's late in the game, and I'm standing on the side 
by the offensive end. He's a offensive player, so I stand down by the end of the field where I can see the best. Yeah. And soccer parents generally don't do a lot of yelling. It's not like hockey. It's not anywhere near as loud. So the ball comes in the corner. It's right in front of me, and Riley's like maybe 15 yards away, and I and I yell at him, Riley, hunt it. And he doesn't look up. He doesn't, you know, he just does his thing. And <laughs> yeah, the, he doesn't do what I think is right, which is run to the ball and pressure. And uh, so they win the game or whatever. We're in the car on the way home. He goes, hey, Dad, he's 10, right? He yeah, goes, yeah. Dad, I, I heard you yell there, like, for me to hunt the ball. But, like, if I hunt it and I don't get it and they pass it, you know, across the field. Now the other side of the field's wide open. My job's to keep the ball in that corner. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do, Rye? I'm going to shut up and just watch the games from now on. Because <laughs> it's clear I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, and how so many good. times are you in a rink yeah. and you hear a parent yell and you're like, not only is it useless, because he can't hear you in time anyway, yeah. but oftentimes it's the wrong thing. 100%. Just, just watch. Just watch, like enjoy it because pretty soon they're not going to like, seriously, pretty soon they're not going to play. No, exactly. Right? It's right. going to be, they're going to be too old or they're going to go on to something else. So just enjoy it. It's, it's crazy, but that's, it's hard to do. You know, what's a better investment. And how about this segue? A smile cookie rather than oh. beak your kids out there, run them to Tim Hortons and get them a smile cookie because Ray, as we know, and this is always one of my favorite times of year. Uh, I don't do it as much as I used to because, hey, you know, getting older, trying to watch what I eat, all of those kinds of But normally I do the Tim Hortons run and I get my medium coffee with milk. And when the Tim Hortons smile cookie campaign is on, that's exactly what I do. And it's coming up November 13th to the 19th. So you buy one of these delicious smile cookies, only a buck fifty, a dollar fifty. I always have a stash of like toonies in my little cup holder beside. Nice. So I'm, I'm ready for it. One hundred percent of the proceeds go to support local charities. Uh, they've been doing this for more than twenty five years That's now. Awesome. So we've come to know and, and love Tim Horton smile cookies, and obviously, you can only get them at Tim's. Which leads us to our Tim Horton's headlines and. You know, one of the top stories in Canada, at least, and around the National Hockey League, is uh, the start of the Vancouver Canucks. And we're going to get to the Canucks shortly. They uh, pick up a win over the Edmonton Oilers last night. And the temperature in Edmonton, as our fearless leader, Ryan Rashog, will attest to, is now white hot. Like it, it was red hot. That was a tipping point type of opportunity game for the Oilers. They lose. So a top Stanley Cup contender now sits 31st in the league. 18 points back of Vegas, 14 back of Vancouver in the Pacific. That, that's just unfathomable. It's, it's, it's bizarre. So the broad question here, we know they're 11 games in. We know they're not out of it. But what's the fix? If, if you're Kenny Holland or you're Jeff Jackson or you're Daryl Cates, how do you fix it? Well, the first the first step, I think, and it's the hardest one, is to take a half a step back and not to deal with this or a possible solution with, with emotion because that, that never works. It's like it's uh, – and, and I think that there's a view that 
you know, like a, a decision is made today based on last night, or like this, this is a, a decision, whatever they're going to do is going to be a culmination of a month of headache that they've had. What's crazy drags is when we, when we did our, um, our preview show and we're picking Stanley cup contenders, which is now six weeks ago. Yeah. Edmonton is one of our picks. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you love the team, then in six weeks, do you hate it now? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot to not like right now with the Oilers. Uh, I'll, I'll give you like, it's pretty easy to focus on McDavid and Dreisaitl because they're McDavid and Dreisaitl. Right. Right. Like they, they need to be more prolific. I, I, it doesn't strike me that McDavid would be a hell, a hundred percent healthy right now. Right. No. That they just doesn't look quite the same. Um, they come out of the gate last night. There, the shots are nineteen to three. They're down two to one. Right. Yeah. Like so, at that point, you know that frustration start is going to bubble up inside them because it's not good enough to say, "Oh yeah, but that was a good period." Yeah. And it, cause it's just not. And so then they end up, they're down three, one. Um, so we'll start with McDavid and dry They've they're on like dry scored last night. McDavid didn't again, if they don't score, they're in trouble, right? Like they're, they're in trouble. But last night, like I would say they've got five high end forwards last night. I didn't notice Kane Hyman or Nugent Hopkins at all. Like, not at all. Positively or negatively. Like non-existent. Nothing. Yeah. Just just in a jersey. So there's your top five forwards. Look at the bottom end of their lineup. Not only are they not prolific, they have zero. They have no goals. They're tied with me and you. <laughs> if you look at the bottom of their roster. Now, here's the problem. When guys have eight to 12 goals in a season, that means they're going to score once every 10 games or so. The chances of them all getting zero at the same time yeah. is, is crazy, except that's what they got. Do you know Sam Gagne? And uh, Sam Gagne has as many even strength goals as Dreisaitl and McDavid combined. Yeah, I saw that. Like, so right across the board offensively, it's a debacle. It's a disaster. Look at the – they cannot keep the puck out of their net. Like, it – you know, I'm, Evan Bouchard made a, has had a tough start, really tough start. He made a couple of plays last night that you can't really look past. Darnell Nurse is running all over the place, trying to do three guys' jobs. That's not working. Um, the problem is the harder you try, the worse it gets. Yeah. But how? your question was, what do you do next? There are no trades, really. Like, what trades do you make? They have no cap space. So there is, there's no in and out of the lineup that, that the coaches could use. Like pretty quickly you get to, do you have to make a coaching change to change the air? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I mean, I'm not advocating for anybody to lose their job, but I just don't see what the next step is. Yeah. You know, then you. I mean, that, that's what that's what I because if you could make a trade, you'd go ahead and make a trade before you get to the coach. For sure, you would. But yeah. but how how are you going to do that? Oh, the other thing is, you can't have 
You don't need to have the best goaltending. You cannot have the worst. No, no. Their goaltending is so bad right now. Last night, you know, Demko's putting on a show at the other end of the ice. Vancouver comes down the ice, puck bounces off DRNA, it's in the net. Mm -hmm. Next shot goes literally right through him. Mm -hmm. Like they need that save. Yeah. Now in the second period, I thought Skinner was great. But by then you're chasing the game again. Yeah. Four coaches. So I, I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's a trade to be had to help them because I, I just don't think it's out there. I, I just, yeah. And I mean, you know, Kenny Holland well, um, and it comes yep. with the territory and with the business, no doubt he's got senior management ownership breathing down his neck. No question. For sure. That. Of course he yep. does. Yeah. Everybody's feeling that level of pressure. Um, Kenny is not a general manager given his years of experience, even though he had to do it in Edmonton where he likes to make that coaching change in season, right? He's a pretty loyal dude. He does not want to do that. Four coaches in nine years. I mean, how much of that then starts to pile on the dry saddles, the McDavid's, the leaders of the, uh, of the Oilers? This can't necessarily just be about Jay Woodcroft not being able to get the group going. But it no, could so be did, the only thing you've got left. Yeah, did you get to the end of the game or did it get too late? For, yeah, like, I didn't get to the end of the game. Okay, well, in the third period, they became totally unhinged. Yeah, I read that. The, I saw that, yeah. Oh, my, like, so you say how much comes to them. So here's the thing. When, when you're a great player like they are, mm -hmm. everything that you do resonates through your locker room like a sledgehammer. So if they're wearing this stress and this frustration so obviously, it affects everybody else. They, they probably don't even realize it because they're just themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you play with great players, you often feel like you disappoint them. Hmm. Like if you throw a pass and it gets in their feet, you feel it. Yeah. If they throw a pass in your feet, they don't feel it they're they're pissed at themselves like they're mad at themselves yeah but they're they just go and fix it the 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 rest of the roster can't think like that and doesn't think like that so when when they're so obviously frustrated it's because they can't change it right now and it and it just it it it's like a, a throwing a rock in in the lake Mm -hmm. The ripples just start to go across the locker room and it's hard to put it all on those guys because that is totally wrong. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it sits at their feet because they're of the few players in the league that can absolutely change yeah. the way something happens in their locker room. And they just don't, they don't have it right now. I mean, like, so you're down, I think it's four, two, at the time, McDavid takes a minor penalty yeah. in the scrum. Drysaitel takes a misconduct. Well, yeah. there you go, finished. Yeah. And and so, and then eight seconds after McDavid gets a penalty, it's five two. Mm -hmm. Good night. Yeah. And so, they're they're in a bad spot. And and again, I get back to it because everybody, like literally everyone, will be talking about the next move, what it is. And I, I mean, there's no defenseman to bring in. There's no, 
forwards to no. jumble around or no. move in and out of the lineup. Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Kane, Dreisaitl, McDavid at, up front, they have to they have to be able to pull this train. And if they can't, they're they're in enormous trouble. On the blue line, um, you know, I don't I don't really know. I, I don't think Bouchard reads the the play well when he when he struggles. I think he's just panics and almost freezes yeah. when he's out there. And that's where he's at. Nurse, as I said earlier, feels like he's trying to do three guys' jobs yeah. and and that never works. And the goalies, can, you know, they, they can't stop anything right now. So it's a, it's whack-a-mole there. Fix yeah. one thing, something else pops up. And maybe, maybe the move they don't want to make is the only one they've got. Well, undoubtedly, we'll be talking about the Edmonton owners, good, bad, or otherwise, in episode 14 later this week. Um, let's shift to something far more positive And the fact that the Vancouver Canucks are on a heater, right? I mean... We've invested seven minutes here talking about the Edmonton Oilers foibles, um, but Good word. Vancouver is just buzzing right now. And you alluded yeah. to it in your assessment and your your analysis of, of what's going on with Edmonton. The goaltending, starting with Thatcher Demko, is stellar for the Vancouver Canucks, and it's been that way from pretty much game one. And the confidence in front of the goaltender is just continuing to build. Well, so. I mean, last night, and as we're talking here, a great mirror image of what goaltending is. And so if you don't have the best guy, you've got to have adequate goaltending so your team doesn't lose faith in the way they play and the guy in the net. So in Vancouver, you know, last year things go sideways, Demko's hurt, like there's, it's just not... You know, the whole year was a became a write-off until Tockett came in and they started to try to put together a, a more systematic way to do things. Well, that system helps when Demko comes back too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think Demko is one of the best five or six guys in the league. I, I cannot think of six guys I'd take in front of him. Um, the other night, on Saturday night, I went to the game in Vancouver. I watched the... Two of the three U.S. Olympic team goalies play uh, for 2026 yeah. in, in Demko and Jake Ottinger. It, it, like watching them at either <laughs> end of the ice was like, oh, my God, these guys are so good. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the three Russian guys, uh, Vasilevsky, Sorokin, and Shosturkin, and put them in that same mix. <laughs> but who else would you want? Like, no. I mean, like Demko has been, has been brilliant. And last night, I thought the... Vancouver's real challenge was going to be in the first 10 minutes. Like reverse of usual, like you always say on the road, hey, be ready for this team. They come out flying. I thought Vancouver had to be prepared for Edmonton with all the crap going on there that they were going to come out fast. I don't know that Vancouver uh, reacted very quickly in the first 10 minutes. And Demko gave them a chance to get their feet on the ground. Yeah. Uh, the shots were 19 to three. And I think at the end of the day, they were pretty much uh, Vancouver outshot them the rest of the night, but they weren't down to nothing. The one, the other thing that happens is you got your goalie doing that, but they just, they look so confident. They look way more aggressive yeah. than um, like as a team, uh, uh, the top end of their lineup drags 
has been phenomenal. Amazing. Quinn Hughes is off to, you know, just, you know, he's the best defenseman in the league right now. Um, uh, Elias Patterson is, you know, it's, he's, he's looking like a, somebody that would be an MVP type yeah. candidate at this yeah. point. JT Miller, like his, whatever, whatever they've come to realize about each other, Rick Tockett and JT Miller have found a way. And I'm telling you, I'm so impressed with how he's played. He would be the type of guy you'd really hate to play against. Yeah. Because he's big, he's kind of mean, he skates well. Yeah. And so everywhere you turn around, he's kind of there to punch you in the nose. It's hard to play like that. And, uh, you know, Brock Besser's had a tough couple of years. He's got 10 goals. Like it's across the board. Now their depth guys are pitching in. Um, the guy that's been a lightning rod out here is uh, Tyler Myers. He's been great. Wow. The last half dozen games. So him and Ian Cole have helped. Then Carson Susie, they've changed their defense. They've changed their system. Like it's been, it's been surprising and unbelievably satisfying for, for their team to play like they have early in the year. Rick Tockett, you know, accepted a formidable challenge, right? I mean, yeah. he's comfortable in studio at TNT. Yeah. He's making good money. Wanted to get back into coaching in his blood. You know, the bug was still very much there. Yeah. And I'm sure there are a number of things that he wants to change or incorporate, even though it doesn't look that way right now. You know, like all coaches, players, you're looking at the end of the year, you're looking at the playoffs. But how much... And, and you kind of hinted at it in terms of the relationship that's obviously there with an individual player in JT Miller, but how much credit goes to the job that Talkit is doing. And then by extension, you know, the coaching staff and maybe management on top of that. Well, I, I, it's really imperative that the management and the coach see things the same way. And so the players, like they had a, like a two and a half month training camp last year. Yeah when Tockett came in and they changed their defensive system, him and Adam foot and Sergey Gonchar. Um, they, and Mike Yo's the coach, you know, that deals more with the forwards, but it was the defensive thing that they changed. Yeah. And that took quite some time, but they had a two and a half month camp. But what they also did was they were able to identify what do they want to do? Like, what do we need? Um, and so the management and the coach become on the same page there. And so you end up, they, you know, they had Carson Soucy, they had Teddy Bluger, who hasn't even played this year. They had Pew Suter, um, Carson Soucy, they've, uh, Ian Cole, sorry. Um, so they added penalty killers. They added stiffness yeah. to their game. You know, they added size and depth to their blue line. And so the, Everything that they've done has really kind of worked. Now, I know we're going to get to Toronto in a minute, but everything that Toronto's done with their newcomers hasn't yeah. worked. No. In Vancouver, the pieces they brought in have worked. And so part, part, of, the, part of the job with the new, you know, now they're in year three here, two and a half, is with the management team is to, to set a course about how they want to go forward. Yeah. And that takes time and they feel or it looks like that 
they're kind of on the same page. Now they're going to hit a rut somewhere. Like, for of sure. course they are. No, yeah. nobody goes through and sails along the, the, you know, for months and months and months. But here's the thing, Drake, you throw these points in the bank now, it, it just makes everything else just a, like just this much, just a little bit more relaxed. Like right. if you hit a three game skid, you can take a breath because yeah. you've got points in the bank. Yeah. And, and they have not had that luxury for a long time. Why don't we, let's save Toronto for later in the week. And and not just because they won, uh, unless you've got a quick thought. I, I mean, it's... It, Austin Matthews is really good. There's my question. <laughs> well, he certainly jump-started uh, that comeback win. And John Cooper's likely scratching his head tonight going, what? Or today going, what happened there? Um, well, I think what he I think what he does when he scratches his head, as much as, you know, like the Leaf Lightning games are pretty wild. He probably looks back and goes, geez, I miss old number 88 back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like no matter what the game went, there's probably a couple of saves made somewhere in there by the big boy. Yeah, and yeah. You know, it, it, again, you don't need to have the best goaltending, but when you have the best and he's not there, you're going to notice it. Well, and goaltending is a big story in Toronto, right? Samsonov gets pulled again. Uh, Joel Wolf comes in. He was excellent in relief. Um, but I do, I want to push this a little bit to later in the week because they've yep. got a couple of challenges ahead. Um, one of them being Ottawa. Um, and, and so Ottawa and Columbus is how I want to wrap up headlines. You know, coaches feel it all the time. We started headlines by talking about Jay Woodcroft and, and the possibility, if not likelihood, this guy's going to get, get gonged in Edmonton as head coach there. How unnerving does it have to be standing on a bench Oh, I can't even imagine. Drake. And it was death. Are you serious? Fire oh. DJ. Fire. And yeah. I'm sorry, but did we honestly think that the auto now Ottawa should be better than what they are right now? That's been acknowledged yeah. by the coach and everyone there. But I just wish the, the fan base there would kind of just pay attention to where this team is. We all think they're going to be really good, don't we? Maybe if, if contending this year for a playoff spot, yeah, maybe. But but drags like so. There, there was so much positivity. Yeah, coming out of the summer, I I always, I always get a little nervous about it when you hear a team won the summer. Yeah, too much or, too soon. Yeah, it's like they they haven't even got out of the gate yet. Yeah, and then. So, so that, you know, gave me a little, little bit of pause, right? The second part of it is they get out, they got new goalies, you know, they're excited about Corpusallo and Forsberg's healthy. And, you know, they, they've got those young guys that really all kind of broke out in the last year and a bit. And it rarely goes as smoothly as that. Yeah. Like it, it, it just, I don't know why it just for since forever. It's always been like that. Mm -hmm. Then they get three defensemen hurt. It's not the best defensive team to start with. And then they get three D hurt. Going to be really tough to yeah. overcome that. And the fact is they can't. Yeah. And then you've got now, you know, Stutzla's frustrated and not scoring. And, you know, as, as one example, um, you know, Batherson's been in and out a little bit. So now you have young guys that aren't, familiar with dealing with 
NHL expectation. And every time you turn around, you're like, oh my God, the team coming in here next is good. Yeah. Man, these guys are good too. And pretty soon you've you're chasing everything. Yeah. Like they can't stop the bleeding there in Ottawa right now. And for DJ Smith back there, like I, I'm I'm sure he feels like, you know, he's punching the wind a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, how do you make it stop? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other night, like Tampa just ran him out of the building. I think the yeah. thing, I think it ended up 6-4, but eh, that, that was long gone, long before that. Yeah. And so they're, they're in a tough spot too, because they're, they're losing touch a little bit with the, with the group in front of them. And you just, like I said earlier with Vancouver, you just don't want to get chasing. You just cannot make up the points. There's too many obstacles in front of you. All right, kind of a theme of coaching here in the Tim Hortons headlines. We'll wrap with this. So Johnny Goudreau, slow start, no question about that, benched on Saturday for the last 16 minutes of a 2-1 loss to the Capitals, right? So mm-hmm. I, I get the messaging. You know, it, it's the same for your 12 forward as it is for your top forward. In theory, that computes uh. in theory, but... Do you not find another way, Ray, if you're Pascal Vincent? Like, you've got a TV timeouts. Rip them a new one on the bench so that everybody can hear that you're unhappy with his play. Um, light a fire under him. Do what you have to do to coach him up. Instead, you park him for the rest of the game. I mean, Johnny Hockey is capable of scoring, what, two goals in 10 seconds? <laughs> I mean, the win matters right. more than setting the example, in my opinion, of Johnny Goudreau. Fair or unfair? Well, I mean, it's eye-opening to see, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so thanks very much on my first NHL coaching job that I get the job two days before training camp. Yeah. yeah. Right? So you're, you're an assistant coach now. You're the head coach. Um, you, you want to establish your ways and practices, right? Like how you want things done. And, but the season's not waiting. The season's yeah. starting. So they're behind anyway. Um, like I'll, I'll compare it out to Anaheim because I think they're very similar. Um, you know, Greg Cronin goes in there, at, you know, as a first-time head coach. He's got the entire summer, plus he's got the, um, you know, the entire training camp to kick people in the tail. And um, well, that's not even fair. But like to say, hey, look, this is what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, this is this is my standard. And since I'm standing back here in a suit, this is the standard for our team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Trevor Zegras was out of camp. He came in. Things weren't going very well. And Zegras sat. Mm-hmm. The, the difference is when you do this with an older player, you better be real sure that he's going to respond to it. Yeah. And the younger guy most likely is going to the older guy's going to push back most often. So now he benches them for whatever it was, 15, 16 minutes. They, they go to Florida, they get outshot 22 to three to start the period and Goudreau's minus two. Mm-hmm. Oops. Mm. Like now you're climbing uphill just with that one player. Yeah. Let alone yeah. trying to settle the team down. And I know they, they came back and worked real hard and got themselves back in that game, but it's a real dangerous precedent, except, there's no other hammer for the coach. There was nothing else. Yeah. It's ice time. And, and he's trying to establish himself uh, 
Vincent is. And that's a, like I said, you better be sure about your relationship with the player. It's different than it was years ago where they just benched you and didn't even talk to you. It can't be like that anymore. And I'm not saying it is, but it just can't be like that anymore. Well, and it look, it makes sense. Pascal would have the support of Yarmo Kekalainen, and, you know, as general manager, given the mm-hmm. fact that Vincent replaced Mike Babcock, who was hired by right. Yarmo. Uh, Yarmo hired John Tortorella. I mean, Yarmo has a history of, of wanting that kind of hard-nosed coach. So Right, but that that's fine to have the hard-nosed coach, but there has to the player has to be able to see i think this is really important the player's got to be able to see where the light is otherwise like you can't if you can't walk down a dark tunnel yeah. and just keep walking and going oh this is going to be great yeah. right you need to see where the light is and i don't know if they see that in columbus right now but mm-hmm. i mean they were this close to getting out of that with two points and then Provorov turned the puck over yeah you know, late in the game, it ends up in the net and they go to overtime and lose. So like they showed lots after being down. Like that looked like it was going to be seven, nothing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're in overtime, you know, they have a chance to win. Yeah. So credit to those guys for maybe they do see the light. Introducing Tim's new holiday smile cookie. 100% of proceeds support local charities, community groups, and Tim's campers in your neighborhood. Buy a holiday smile cookie at Tim's to give back to your community. All right, our interviews on Ray and Riggs this season brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey. We're introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. And uh, we'll have one of our infamous guests join us uh, at some point. Yeah, we'll get on it, week. right? Yeah, get yeah, on chop, it. Chop. Well, Lots of irons in the fire. Let's just leave it at that. It's going to be spectacular yeah. one way or another in episode 14. Uh, a couple of questions. Ask Rain Driggs anything. You can send your questions to us on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, at Rain Driggs, or on the website, raindriggs.com. All right, Craig Birch Raymond is asking, could Toronto offer William Nylander a league minimum one-year deal for next season? Then in July, offer him an eight-year deal starting the following season, utilizing the Tavares money available from 2025. Now he says, love the podcast and would also love to hear more stories from Sean Podine. That, 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 that's an interesting cr- cross-section of questions. Yeah. I mean, well, who doesn't love the Sean Podine stories? Come on. They are, they are endless. And, you know, they're from... 20 years ago and they're still as unique <laughs> as anyone you would come across. And just a, one sample. This was a guy in the American league. They lived close to the rink. They bought a lousy car and the transmission went out of it. It would only go in reverse. So they drove to practice in reverse. Why wouldn't you park parked and then turned around and drove it back in reverse back home. Must be excellent getting a boat in the water, right? <laughs> um, but as as far as the Leafs, so if if they signed him to a one year minimum, that contract wouldn't start until right. July. Yeah, and then you wouldn't be able to sign the extension until January. Right. Why would Nylander do that? He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't right, like you put yourself out. Um, and there's no cap so, savings because he's not signing a one-year deal at five million. You know, he's not, yes, yeah, no, that's that's not gonna. It's just not gonna happen. 
And, and the reason is like, honestly, is you can say, oh, well, you would do it knowing in good faith, you would have that deal done in January. <laughs> yeah. So what happens if you break your ankle in, in yeah. November, they're yeah. going to say, oh, don't worry about it. We'll still give you the 90 million. Yeah. No chance. No chance. Yeah. It, it just, you're, you're in a tough spot. Yeah. You, you are because the guy is, the guy is playing the best hockey that I've ever seen him play. And you want to get him signed. It's yeah. going to cost you. Big. All right, Craig, thank you for that. Uh, one more. Paul Marcus. Now, Paul is a beer league hockey player. Sure. Millions of them around North America. Says, I've been fortunate to have played a lot of beer league with a number of former NHL players, which also isn't uncommon, depending on mm -hmm. the level of beer league you play. Um, and I'm paraphrasing now, but he says the common thread in these players' personalities is the amazing ability to tell funny stories. Um, and I think that that would be fair because most of you as ex-NHL players, you know, you, you went through tough, sometimes hard, difficult situations, right. but you also had good times and you were surrounded by, you know, just characters, you know, especially in the era that you played in. So Paul is asking, Ray, who's the funniest storyteller that you've come across? Oh, well, I will say, because <clears throat> his name got brought up this week, um, I was in Toronto on Tuesday, and L.A. was there. The Kings were there. And somebody mentioned, like, we, we have a co-acquaintance that we, we didn't know, it, you know, that it was a co-acquaintance, and it's Gary Galley. I've never been around anyone that tells a story like Gary. And the reason is because as he's telling the story, he uses sound effects. <laughs> we really, honestly, we should get him on and just tell him a couple of stories, get him to tell a couple of stories. Like this one I have in particular, and he's talking about driving this one night and it's in the rain. And I forget the the rest of the story, except He's like, so I'm driving down. The rain's pouring down. I got the wipers on. Foo, 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 foo. Like he does this. <laughs> and it goes through the whole story. You don't even know if you're laughing at the story or the sound effects. Uh, that's good. And he, he is, I would say, he's as good a storyteller as there is. <laughs> at times, they, they were maybe a little similar. They can get a little long. Because yeah. he's got to fit the sound effects into the thing. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, he's hilarious. Hilarious. That's fantastic. All right, Paul. And he's also got can – I, can I give you his nickname? Do we have time for that? Gary Galley's nickname? Well, yeah. Like yeah, when we were ahead, in Los Angeles. We're in L.A. and, you know, he came to the team and he doesn't have a nickname. And they used to call him Ga and, eh, you know. So Dougie Smolik, one of the one of the most – interesting characters you could that, that i ever played with we're trying to come up with a nickname we're in boston one night and we're getting or afternoon game and we're getting our lunch handed to us and gary used to wear a visor but the visor was usually was really close to his face and so they're sitting on the bench and <laughs> smolik goes looks at him and goes i got your nickname and he's like well what is it and he goes i'm gonna call you sausage and he's like, what? And so he goes, yeah, you're like a sausage. Your equipment's so tight. Your visor's so tight. If you sweat, I'm worried you're going to start to drown. 
I don't know how he came up with this, but we started calling him Sausage. Come so on. For the rest of the year, we called him Sauce, Sausage. And it all came from Zmolik somehow looking at him and going, geez, this guy's equipment fits him like a sausage casing. Uh. And so that's, I think it's, but that's Gary and, and Zmolik. And it was just like, anyway, so when I see him, like when sausage. I saw, you know, Rob Blake and I, you know, I saw Blakey in LA and it, we end up talking about sauce and, <laughs> and you know, and how he's doing. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the great, I think one of the great nicknames that I've come across. Well, there you go, Paul. Thanks for the question. See, it all emanates from beer league hockey, right? The storytellers. Yes. So there you go. Good question. And ask Green Dregs anything. All right. You want the, the home front, I guess, for the rest of the week? No, this week is my, this week, uh, right? This is my first week, um, my first Vancouver Canuck game. So oh, very good. Yeah. I am uh, headed to Ottawa tomorrow. Okay. <clears throat> um, in Ottawa Thursday, uh, no game Saturday because that's on hockey night, the Leafs and yeah. the Canucks. Yeah. And then Sunday, I'm in Montreal. So Ottawa and Montreal this week for me. And I haven't been in either place in a long time. So uh, looking forward to getting there. And um, the Bell Center. Uh, has long been one of my oh, my favorites. Great. Yeah, S- second place to the old forum. The <laughs> forum was the greatest of the old arenas, but um, yeah, the Bell Center. There's, I'm looking forward to it. All right, good stuff, man. Well, we know. How you about you? A- what do you got? What do you ah, got? you know, it's it's the normal busy again this week, which is fine. We've got our insider tradings. We've got all the coverage on Sports Center, but down at the right. building at the rink this week for the Hall of Fame game on Friday. So. Uh, that's always fun. Game. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's always, always fun. fun. And more interesting, of course, depending on how things go the rest of the week leading into that game for the Leafies, right. but no shortage of storylines. So, yeah, we'll uh, connect again later this week as we always yep. do. Well, enjoy it. And um, uh, you will see one of my old teammates at the Hall of Fame, uh, the great Pierre Turgeon. Oh, yeah. And uh, one, of, one of the nicest people you'll ever come across. So enjoy it, Drakes. Have a great week. And uh, everyone, we'll, we'll talk to you later in the week. You bet. Thank you to our sponsors, Ray, who continue to support Ray and Dregs and make our podcast possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and, of course, Tim Hortons. And thank you to you for listening, rating, sharing the podcast, and for following us on the Ray and Dregs YouTube channel. Until next time, stay safe, everybody.